of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! <laughs> Again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome, 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 welcome. Yes, welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where hard gets gay. Tonight, it's the actual episode 275. I said it was 275 last time, but hey, iTunes doesn't let us number our numbers anymore, number our episodes anymore, and Patrick gets confused. Okay, but tonight it's for real. Episode 275, and tonight. We've got guests that require I give extra to my scream queen, so that's why I did that earlier. What? In addition, by the way, to it being episode 275 for real this time, it is also episode four of the Every Day is Halloween fundraiser benefiting new alternatives for homeless LGBT youth. And tonight, I'm being joined by Kristen Petty and Dan Cohen, hosts of the Killing Your Darlings podcast, and we are going to talk about what is my all-time favorite horror movie, the movie that scares me every single time I watch it in a new and different way, and the movie I'm talking about, and that we're going to be talking about, and that we will talk about, conjugating is fun, the movie we're talking about is Black Christmas from 1974. But before we go any further, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh, and normally, twice a month, every month, I am your guide. I take you by the hand and I guide you through the weird and wonderful world of horror movies so that you get through safely and soundly, except there's a price. You're going to have to see these movies through my very, very gay little eyes. Dun, dun, dun. What does that mean? It's been 10 years and I still don't really know. But that's not exactly what we're doing now because instead of twice a month, I'm coming to you twice a week because we're doing this fundraiser to help out a cause that is running rampant in America and needs to be addressed and not enough people are addressing it. So here we are. And that is the problem of homelessness among the LGBT teenage population. Now, as I said last time, I'm not here right now. Right now, I'm off traveling somewhere in America. I haven't decided where yet. Actually, I think I have a destination in mind, but I'm, we'll see. We'll see where, we're, where the tides take me. So I'm recording this in advance. So we're not going to do updates on donations at this time. But what I would like to do, what I would like to do, I'd like you to meet some of the kids and new alternatives. So we're going to play you the audio from their informational video. It's going to be five minutes. Please be patient. Please don't fast forward. Because for those of you who are donating, those of you who have donated, those of you who will donate, this is who you're helping. Enjoy. I'm Baresco Escobar. I'm 19 years old, and I'm in a city of dreams. I'm Vanessa Nasser, I live in the Bronx. I'm originally from Puerto Rico. Hi, my name is Ivan. My name is Jonathan. My name is Coco. I go to Cornell University. My name is Christopher Nadia. I'm 21 years of age. I lost my dad 
few years ago from colon cancer. You know, since then I've been homeless. This program's done so much for me. And not only that, the director, Kate, has worked so many miracles as far as getting me into school, helping me get my birth certificate, my social security card. I'm Kate Barnhart. I'm the executive director of New Alternatives. I got involved in New Alternatives because I wanted to try out a real harm reduction approach to working with LGBT homeless youth. A lot of youth fall through the cracks in the system, either because they're too mentally ill or just too different for a lot of organizations to work with. I've known Kate for a couple of years. Between her and the volunteers here, I got the support that I need and that's why I got the job that I got today. They've actually helped me out a lot. Food on Sundays and Tuesdays. We're preparing dinner for the kids. Turkey burgers, <laughs> veggie burgers. Uh, potatoes, onions, green beans, <laughs> carrots. Clothing. Button ups. Um, I'm getting clothing right now. This is a cute skirt, right? It's very pretty. I'm thankful for the because they don't have to do this, but actually they do do this for us because they have a heart. Hi, my name is AJ. I've been homeless for two years. It's very hard living out in the streets because it's hard for me to work on school and housing. Seeing as I have a job and I've been working on school, and New Alternatives as a program has been helping me out a lot. So I'm at the Prescott Institute for Technology where I'm studying a plus for A plus certification to repair and service computers and to be a help desk technician and I'm also preparing for my uh, MCTS exam as well. I am still homeless as much as I would like to not be. Being gay, being black, being trans is the most difficult, annoying lifestyle. Being raped, I left my mom's home at the age of 17 and being a bisexual young lady, it was hard for me to find different programs. Norton is a program that helped me get jobs, get into the shelter I'm in now. They just didn't help me with housing. They also taught me how to be a young lady. In 2009, I graduated from Juilliard. I played 16 instruments, but now I'm homeless. My father taught me how to hustle on a train, how to eat out of garbage cans. I still do that stuff to this day. I have to take care of myself. I lost my school funding. And everything I have now, I get from the trains. If I need school supplies, I go and beg on the train. You know, this is not a life I would, I would wish for anybody. I, I wake up in cold sweats in the middle of the night because I'm always scared that somebody is not going to um, stab me or somebody going to kill me in my sleep. So that's one of the reasons why I say it's hard to sleep out here on the streets and in shelters because you're not safe. It's not safe. But being homeless is not fun. Like you, you have to struggle. It's a hard struggle. You're faster being gay when you're gay is very hard. I used to work the stroll. Like I used to be, I used to do prostitution. It's not every day that you get a chance to get money. It's not every day that you get a chance to have something nice to eat or warm. It sucks being homeless. On the street, you, you experience pain, you experience loss, and you experience grief. And you have to know, you are a human being. You're tempted to glorify the fact that you're downtrodden. You're expected to behave like a homeless person. When you come here, that doesn't fly. You have to behave like somebody that's going to be somebody. Northerners has been helping me get documentation that I may need to go back to school. Um, they also help us get grants to pay for school books or scholarships. So a big reason why I am back in school and the reason why I do have information that I need to work on my housing is because of them. This is one of the rare programs that actually do help um, clients the way they need to be helped and not the way they think that we need to be helped based on a statistic. The Open 
awareness of the program allows us to really accomplish our own individual goals. Kate, personally, has made a tremendous difference in my life, and um, I think that without her services, a lot of us would be in much more dire circumstances than we are. It's not hard to become a part of New Alternatives. We make it easy for youth to receive services here. We call it a low-threshold approach. You just walk in, you're greeted in a friendly, non-judgmental way. There's not a lot of bureaucracy or paperwork to get through, and you receive your services quickly and consistently. All right, so there you have it. This is the organization that you're donating to. These are the kids that you're helping. You heard it straight from their mouths. That No Alternatives is working for them because they're not working in the way that all the federal assisted organizations are. And one of the things that always pops out of me is that they give, they give us the help that we need the way that we need it, not the way that they think that we need it based on some t- statistics. So it's individual care that these kids are getting. The other thing that always pops out of me in this, this, this particular promo is that um, you're expected to behave like you're a person who's going to be somebody. And all of these kids have a potential to be somebody. Somebody that's not homeless. It's just not another number for the government to count. It's a statistic. No, they can be somebody with a future, with a normal life, for want of a better word. But they can't do it without your help. Hey, it's the day after Thanksgiving. Did you have a good holiday? Did you have a good meal? Did you get to eat it somewhere warm? Cool. And uh, it's uh, the day after Thanksgiving, which means it's also Black Friday. Hey, so many sales out there. So many bargains. So many discounts. Did you score a big sale today? Did you save a couple hundred dollars on a big screen TV? Maybe consider throwing some of that savings this way. That would mean a lot to me. And you can do that by heading over to bit.ly slash S-Q-P-O-D-N-A. Scream Queens Podcast New Alternatives. Or if you prefer to donate directly through Facebook, that's also okay. The link there is bit.ly slash S-Q-P-O-D-F-B. Scream Queens Podcast Facebook. Now, some of you say, hey, didn't you play this promo last year? And the answer is yes and no. It was actually a shorter version they had out last year. This one's longer and includes some of the more negative things that these kids are going through, like talking about how they're going through prostitution or that girl who just started with the system, who just enrolled, who's saying about how she still eats out of garbage cans and has to beg on the train for her school supplies. Bit.ly slash na. Or bit.ly slash FB. I know I threw a lot of letters at you right there, and it's hard to remember, but those links are in the show notes, so you don't have an excuse. Please consider donating something. Donations have been extremely slow, and it's very frustrating for me at this point. I don't do this as an ego boost. This isn't this big feather in my hat like I'm a great white savior. This is a cause that I am very, very involved in. It was almost me once upon a time, but not a youth, but I almost... I came very close to being homeless several times. The fact that I didn't is a small miracle. So I know what these kids are going through. I know how much bullshit it is to get into a regular system, to get the help that you need of any kind. And the fact that new alternatives exist at all to help them, 
they can just walk in the door and sign up and get some sort of aid is a small miracle. No, it's a great fucking miracle, okay? And you can be a part of that bit.ly slash sqpodna or bit.ly slash sqpodfp. Get on it. For the love of God, please, I'm begging you. Okay. That's going to bring that portion of the show to a close. So it is time for me to take off my fundraiser hat and put on my party hat because we're going to bring on Kristen and eh, what the heck, we'll bring on Dan too and get ready because we're going to talk about Black Christmas. Let's listen to the trailer, but whatever you do, don't answer the phone. idyllic scenes out of your childhood. Crisp winter nights, star bright, sleigh bells, crackling yule logs, candlelight glistening off of shimmering Christmas trees, chestnuts roasting over open fires, carolers beneath snow-covered window ledges. Remember those. Remember them well. After Black Christmas, they'll never be the same again. Black Christmas, starring Olivia Hussey, Keir Dulay, Margot Kidder, and starring John Saxon as Lieutenant Fuller. If this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. So normally during the countdown to Halloween Potathon, I will pretend that all these segments were recorded like right now, like really currently. But I, I can't even today. I can't even. I have to lift the veil. We're recording this segment on the hottest goddamn day in August. It is revolting. And to be sitting here without air conditioning is absolute torture. But you know what? Some of us are professionals. Some of us are professionals. But, 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 but the way I've decided to beat the heat 
is to give us a little taste of winter. And also by bringing on two of the coolest podcasters out there. Yes, let me introduce them to you. They are the hosts of the Killing Your Darling podcast. They are superstar scream queens returning guests. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and my GNCs, wherever you may be, Kristen Petty and Dan Cohen. Hello. Hello, everyone. That was so enthusiastic on such a hot, hot, hot October day. <laughs> we're, we're slowly wilting over here in our apartment as well. Oh, it so. is vile. It is vile today. So how are you two? What's been going on over at Killing Your Darlings? And for those of you who don't know Killing Your Darlings, please explain what happens over there. Okay, so the Killing Your Darlings podcast is a podcast that Daniel and I started uh, because we were talking one day about how there are certain movies or TV shows or other properties that you haven't seen since you were a kid. And you're like, man, I haven't thought about those in a long time. I wonder if there are any good still. So, well, so we're here to look at those old properties, movies, TV shows, and tell you whether or not you should kill your darlings. Yes, it's a fun show. I love your show, even though I had to have a brief breakup with you guys. <gasps> oh, no. no. What did we do? Indiana Jones, the whole trilogy. Oh, what? Yeah, I knew that was going to be a divisive one. Uh huh. Which one? Which one uh -huh. was it that did it? Well, it was, it was the first one where you're like, he's a rapist. I'm like, okay, no. Mm -mm. <laughs> he oh, was. No, no. He's just it, problematic. He's problematic. <laughs> it is aping a genre. He's aping a specific genre from a specific time in movies where sex did not exist. Oh, to, yes, but, you know, looking at it through modern So sex lenses. doesn't exist in that world. If that's that world, sex doesn't exist. You always fade to black. <laughs> um, I actually remember really liking the first one. It was just the second one that we were like, Jesus, what the Oof. fuck happened? <laughs> I didn't even bother. I was like, I was so heartbroken with the first one. I'm like, hey, can you listen to the other two? So we had a breakup for a while, but we're back together. It's okay. Good. It's That's okay. Good. We're, we're allowed our creative differences, even though you're wrong, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you're not the only person who thinks we are very wrong. So, And I th you, guys were, you guys were drinking like hell, I could tell too. You guys are so drunk right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to blame the booze. I mean, that's that, that, that's our excuse now for whatever happens. Uh huh. I'm going to blame the booze. And why doesn't Karen Allen work more? Uh, yeah, I actually agree. I really love Karen Allen. I adore her. Yeah. I adore her. But are we talking about her? No, we're not. What are we talking about? We are talking about the 1974 classic Black Christmas. <laughs> because what's, what says Halloween more than Christmas? <laughs> ho, ho, hey, ho. Tim, Tim Burton broke the barrier, man. That's right. <laughs> All rules are off. Yeah. So I've already covered this one on the show years and years and years ago, but I did it solo. And one of the things that I'm enjoying doing this time around during the Potathon is revisiting some of these movies I did by myself on the show way in the past, but then exposing them to people who have never seen them before. Mm -hmm. So as you two well know, we have a tradition here at Scream Queens. I need one of you to give me a nice, tight 30 second plot summary of Black Christmas. I don't care who does it. The clock starts now. So, Black Christmas is the horrifying story of a sorority house that is tormented and tortured and murdered by a madman during the Christmas holidays. Done. Yeah, simple plot. <laughs> simple, uncomplicated plot, which is why it works. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you know that this is directed by the same guy who wrote and directed A Christmas Story? What? Uh-huh. 
That I knew that was going to blow your mind. That's pretty great. I love that. Well, it actually makes sense if you if you watch it knowing that because there's so much humor in it. Yeah. That you don't normally get in a movie like this. Um, I very much enjoyed, in terms of humor, the um, the, the the frumpy sort of uh, sorority mom and her mom. secret and her secret pocket whiskey. I didn't send my daughter here to be drinking and picking up boys. Oh, shit. You're supposed to be responsible. For the morals of every girl in this goddamn house. These broads would hump the leaning tower of Pisa if they could get up there. I do my best. I don't know what the bastards expect of me. Christ's sake. Because alcoholism is hilarious. My, you know what? My mother used to do that. I find no humor in that at all. My mother did exactly that. We had a hollowed out book, the works. We had all that shit. So did I was she like, have mm, it that's in true. The toilet tank? Yes, she did have it in the toilet wow. tank. Wow. Those are pro level yeah. moves. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, yep, this is all accurate. This is dead on. So I'm glad you found my mother's disease funny. <laughs> <laughs> what I liked about the what, toilet tank. I'll tell you what I liked about it is that it was so unfunny that it actually kind of came around. And was funny again because they yeah, like she was like that. a cartoon character with yeah. like like the amount of stuff that she was doing and like the things that she was saying out loud that made no sense and like the yelling at the cat and just sort of yelling in general and cursing under her breath. I was like she was a caricature. Well, do you know who that character was written for? No, who? Betty Davis. Oh, that's pretty great. There's no way she would do it. That- but <laughs> that would have been, are, are you kidding? Have you seen the stuff she was doing around this time? I think she was already otherwise booked. Oh, well, <laughs> keep moving, anyway, keep can busy, we, girl. Since we're here, can we talk about the cast for a minute? Because this cast is phenomenal. The cast yeah. is pretty incredible. I mean, to start off, you got Olivia Hussey as your main girl, fucking Juliet. Yeah. So, Dan, when we were watching the movie and she came on screen, I could see him like looking at her and deciding whether or not he should say out loud how pretty she thought he thought she was. <laughs> and then like, he uh-huh. was like, um, she's, um, she's very pretty. And I was like, yeah, that's Olivia Hussey. She's like widely considered to be one of the most beautiful women in the world. So oh, yeah. Yeah. Effortlessly gorgeous. Yeah. I remember seeing and- her in high school. Like when, cause you know, like did they make you watch Romeo and Juliet when you were in school? Yeah, so most people will be like, when I watch them, they show this movie, they're like, I know her. I know her. Wait, I've seen her boobs. Yeah, you've definitely. It's a late episode of Romeo and Juliet. Did you see her boobs in that? In Romeo and Juliet? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like oh, a big shit. deal in high school. Yeah. I'm surprised you don't yeah. remember this as a gross teenage boy. That sounds like a thing I would normally have filed away. Yeah, I would think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty tasteful. It's a Franco Zeffirelli thing. All right, guys, so. I got to go. Just like, give me a quick five minutes. Uh-oh. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> no. Okay, bye, Dan. Okay. May. In the meantime, what's. Can we talk about Margot Kidder in this movie? No, Claire, that's the Mormon Tabernacle Choir doing their annual obscene phone call. Yeah, okay. So, I did not, when you gave us this, I didn't know who was going to be in it. I was just like, I just want to uh-huh. be surprised by all of whatever it is that we're going to see. Uh-huh. So, Margot Kidder, I was like, yes, okay, great, very much on board. Uh, Olivia Hussey, also on board. Andrea Martin? Uh-huh. She uh-huh. is uh-huh. one of my most favorite actors of all time. 
Yeah, this is that's a cue, a clue that you're watching something Canadian because she was doing SCTV at the time. Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. She no. both looks exactly the same and yet wildly different at the same time. Yes. 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 I mean, she. She. There's not a punchline that comes out of her mouth, but it's also nice to see her restrained. Yeah, she's great. She's too. like, I, I, she's very good in this. Oh yeah. I mean, they're yeah, all yeah, yeah, and they're terrific, but yeah, the, I mean, the whole cast is phenomenal. Of course, on the on the flip side of it, the men, John Sa- yes, John Saxon plays the the police officer in this, and he is horror movie legend. He's in everything. He's Nancy's dad in Nightmare on Elm Street. He is in everything. Like sixty years of nonstop horror hamboism. Okay, is that Hello? why he gets the the billing? Yes, he's the big star. Okay, he's the so name. he's the star. I mean, because he got some very well, special ta- and starring John Saxon stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he mm-hmm. might have been the American too. So it's starring this American person. So you said this is Canadian. Is this a part of that like Canadian uh, like film oh. fund that they have? I have no idea. I because like know. I feel I like know. you would know this movie. Do you know the movie The Cube? Of course I do. Oh, brilliant. Okay, I'm, co- I'm covering it. I'm covering it in the Potathon. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay, The Cube is amazing. Um, Absolutely, it's one of the best movies I've ever seen about math. Yeah. Yes. And but it, so it was with this, um, like paid for by this Canadian art fund, where they literally yeah. just have a fund for yeah people to just make art. You know. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. Be yeah. Nice? Yeah. And you can tap into it as long as you have a certain percentage of the people working on it being Canadian. Oh, the right. prom night was like that. Yeah. The, yeah. Tons of movies are like that. It's this amazing. is probably one of those. Incredible. Because I don't know if John Saxon is Canadian, but I'm thinking he's not. Yeah. Mm. So, but anyway, so, to, who, nobody cares. So nobody cares. Margot Kidder's Canadian. Mm-hmm. Margot Kidder is Canadian, right? Uh-huh. As is, um, uh, why do I keep blanking on her name? The woman you just said who we love. Andrea Martin. Andrea Martin. I'm going to write that down because I keep forgetting her name and I don't know why. Martin. Um, Olivia. Yeah, she's definitely Canadian. Olivia Hussey's British. Yeah. But like Argentinian British because Dan was also like, what's up with that accent? And I'm like, I have no mm-hmm. idea. So oh, who I cares? It it's hot. She's art- she's Argentinian. So, and I didn't find an outfit for you in this, Kristen. Um, I no. Except maybe that's sw- except maybe that sweater. <laughs> I did very much enjoy Margot Kidder's yes necklace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you couple that. You couple <laughs> couple that with Jess's giant hands on the boob sweater. Yes. Uh-huh. yes. <laughs> yeah, I leaned over to Dan. And I was like, does she have knitted hands on her tits? On her boobs, and she's our heroine. Huh. Uh, you also were a fan of her pink hat. Oh, my God. The, ver- the very dramatic scene where she's telling the boyfriend that she's going to abort her baby. Yeah. Um, she has this ridiculous Pepto-Bismol pink oversized yeah. beret on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like, it's not like they're outside in the cold and she's telling him this, they're indoors and the rest of her outerwear has come off. Like she's holding her coat and her scarf, but for some reason, the pink hat is still on her head during the abortion I, I, scene. I got nothing. I got, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I have nothing. I have nothing for you. I have nothing for you. Okay. So one of the reasons I love this movie is it's restraint. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of in the way gore. that it kind of ramps up the tension more than anything else. Yeah, 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 and and the more it's restrained, the better it gets. Yeah, we never get to see the villain. Love we it. Never. No, we don't really see blood, guts, any like 
violence is very, very minimal. Um, yeah. And like, I, I was incredibly impressed with the cinematography in this. Yeah. The fact that he yes. essentially made a GoPro shot before there were GoPros is pretty yes. great. Well, here's the thing. This movie came out in 1974 and some of the things other movies later on are famous for are actually from this movie. Yeah. yeah I was going to ask you about that. Is this the movie? Like that where- point of view, like that point of view shot yeah, from yeah, the yeah. killer is very much associated with Halloween. Yes. Right. They did it first. And that famous line, the calls are coming yes, from inside the house. Yes, that's what I was going to ask everyone you. Everyone associates that with when a stranger calls, but this movie did it first. That's huh. See? This guy is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is your source. Yeah. This is the guy you want to go to I for know. these kinds of questions. And one yes. of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is because it's being remade again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they bungled it the first time really bad. Right. Because there was there's a version in 2006, right? With Which a- is garbage. It's it's all like one of the things I love about this. It's no backstory. No, we yeah. don't know anything about this guy. Mm-mm. You can infer some things about this guy from his calls, which we'll get into. Yes, you can kind of make up a backstory from the calls, mm-hmm. but you know nothing about him, even his identity or what he looks like. The other movie is all backstory, right? Okay, every detail has been laid so out, how to, does and it's even all about work. Because we, I mean, I'm. I hope I'm not spoiling anything, but. There's an entire you know, concluding scene that is meant to be, is it the boyfriend or not? And you don't really know for a little while. So if mm-hmm. it's all backstory, how do you have that very important scene? I would imagine you don't. Yeah. It's not even there. It's not That's even there. Yeah. No, it's not even there. No, it's all backstory and girls literally sitting around a living room waiting to be killed. Uh. Every time somebody leaves, they get killed. <sighs> And it's stuff like, like the calls aren't even scary. Oh, the calls are terrifying in this. This is one of the reasons. Okay. Did you follow my instructions? What? I said, if you can watch it with headphones on. Oh, uh, no. no we, we watched it on to you because you want to be able to hear okay. the calls, right? Because the calls are kind of. No, not good. just the calls, not just the calls throughout the movie. It's an essay and how to use ambient sound. Uh, See, I was saying that there was stuff going on in the background. Okay. No, there's not so much stuff going on in the background, but like, for instance, like whenever you're in the house, there's always the ticking clock. Yes. Right. yes. And the sound of the wind outside. And you know you're on a college campus, which means there's probably a house 50 feet away in either direction, but you feel like you're on the moon. Yes. Yeah. I definitely there is nothing that. but this house. And... They'll do things like there's all there's this constant juxtaposition of the sacred with the profane. You mean like, like every time he like a lot of times when he's calling, like they'll have the Mormon Tabernacle Choir playing in the background. Mm-hmm. Or like there's a scene where um, uh, Claire's dad is waiting to meet her when she never shows. The church bells are chiming, They're playing a little town of Bethlehem. And it just keeps slowly going more and more off key and discordant. And it's just wonderfully done. Or like Olivia Hussey's. Um Cross, cross, big wooden cross, big wooden cross cross. around her neck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not a sound. No, that's it's not, not a sound. sound. But <laughs> we're talking about the religious, you know. Well, I wasn't talking about that, but just just like that juxtaposition of stuff, and like even like the when we're jumping ahead when Barb is being murdered. Yeah. With that glass unicorn. Yes. Yes. With the kids outside singing. It's not just a kids' choir. It is like the best fucking kids' choir yes. on the face of the planet. They break it into like 25-part harmony, and it's gorgeous. Also, the most solid. But with this horrible, horrible, horrible thing happening on camera. Yes. Yes. <laughs> 
brilliant. The the faces on them. Yeah. No joy. They were so solid. <laughs> That's because they're that good. You know that woman in the back is going to tase them if they miss a note. Yeah. Well, at first I was like, are they here by themselves? And then she came out in like the other scene. And then there was another wrangler who rolled up in a car and was like, hey, what are you doing with kids out at night? Some kid just got killed. Get them yeah. home. Yeah. Because I was also thinking the same thing. I was like, what the fuck are these kids doing out at night? Like <laughs> They didn't know yet. We didn't have the internet yet. <laughs> I was like, my, if my, my mother would never have allowed this had something gone on in the town like that where they were clearly getting everyone together to go on search parties to try and find missing children. My mother would have been like, well, you just live inside forever now. They didn't hear yet. They didn't hear yet. The, those two dopes walking around the fucking gun. <laughs> oh, hey, we're here to like do a search party thing. You girls be safe now. And they're like, Jesus, just fucking go away so we can close the door and never open it again. Well, here's one of the things I also love about this movie and that you never see this and that these girls don't do anything wrong. They do everything they're supposed to do. They yes. start getting creepy calls. They go right to the police. They yes. follow the police's advice. It doesn't help. No. Well, the one thing, Juliet, can't remember the character's actual name. She. Mm-hmm. I already know what you're going to say and I have an answer for you. Okay. Okay. She, <laughs> so they tell her to just go outside. Right? Yeah, the calls are coming from inside the house. Get out. Just get out. All right. Now I want you to do exactly what I tell you without asking any questions, okay? No questions. Now just put the phone back on the hook, walk to the front door, and leave the house. What's wrong? Please, Miss Bradford, please just do as I tell you. Okay. I'll get Philip No, 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 don't do that, Jess. Yes. The caller is in the house. The calls are coming from the house. And she does go upstairs. That is the one thing that somebody does wrong, but I say that it is actually grounded. Oh, I totally think it's grounded. Yeah. No, no, no. That no, no, these no. that the the relationship yes. that has been set up between these girls is more like family. Yes. I don't think that you she's can tell doing that they actually care like about that. each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, I yeah. that in this situation, I don't know if I'd be able to walk out of the house either. Phil! Bob! Oh, please answer me! Phil! Bob! Please answer me! Please answer me! Please! No, exactly. These are your friends. You're worried about them getting out. Like, oh, it's just upstairs. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm totally with you. She doesn't act yeah. stupid. She acts caring. Yeah. Yeah. And that is her fatal mistake. Don't care for people, people. Just get out the fuck out of the house, man. Get out the house. Yeah. Uh, the the scene where, sorry, I know we're like kind of jumping around, but I was just thinking no, that's about okay. the scene where now she's stuck in the basement. Oh, okay. And she's and the lighting on that that shot is so fucking good. So they have her trapped in the basement, and the psycho is on mm-hmm. the other side of the door. And oh he, Jesus, oh, yeah. you know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. right? So he's there rattling the door, and when we see her, the only thing that's properly lit is her eyes, and we see that her eyes are looking down onto the little like uh, slidey latch lock on the door, 
And the, yeah. that's the only thing we see shaking and shaking. The tiny, the tiniest little slidey latch. <laughs> tiny. Exactly. Like it's for like a bathroom door. Yeah. And he's there like howling and being, making all these psycho screams Ooh, on the other yeah. side. And then she's just watching that rattle and rattle and rattle. I'm like, this is perfect. This is perfect. This is so much scarier than actually seeing anything. 100%. Thank you, because in that scene, and actually in the scene before that, where she traps him in the bedroom for a second, yes. and he's doing that thing where he's literally like howling. Yes. And the door is banging, and it's just is in human rage. I'm not picturing a person on the other no. side of the door. No. I am not picturing anything human on the other side of the door. I'm actually getting – oh, gosh. I got scary. I got scary tears from that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. You made a good point about this. Yeah. It, it, it always freaks me out. doesn't matter what kind of movie it is when a man is screaming. Um, yeah. Because there's something – when a woman is screaming, particularly in a horror movie, it's because she's being yeah. victimized. When a yeah. man is screaming, it typically is because he is victimizing someone. You know, you're correct. Uh So uh, when he was making those howling noises and when you could see his eyeball and he's like talking to her and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, it scared. That scared the shit out of me. It's like even like I'm getting like the willies just like talking about it right now. That's just what happened to me two minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's terrifying. And it's all about this restraint. And I love that. When I love I love what I love showing this movie to people and the scene that always gets people screaming. Has nothing to do with people being attacked or anybody being dying. It's when she's on the phone and he says, Just like having a wart removed. Just like having a wart removed. Yes. Inevitably, that audience screams like the most terrifying thing happened. Yeah. It's awful. Because if you haven't seen the movie, he's he's repeating a conversation that she had, a private conversation that she had with somebody like 10 minutes ago. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which means he heard it. Boyfriend, well, (laughs) quote unquote boyfriend. And that's where he's- Oh, by the way, we didn't didn't give a good prop to him, Kier Gile from uh, 2001. Wait, oh, is that who that is? Yes, Kier Gile from 2001, A Space Odyssey. Which we haven't made it all the way through 2001, A Space Odyssey. Nobody makes it all the way through 2001. (laughs) I'm so glad you said that. I'm so we made, glad you said that. We made it about as far as like the anti-gravity walking. Yeah. And, like, and the two of us so were like, I'm fucking so dull. bored. I'm so bored. Yeah. Well, that's that's usually, that's when it picks up. That second segment when Hal is killing everybody on the ship is interesting. But then there's the weird intro and then there's the weird outro that all go on for way too long. But anyway, please continue. I think we may need to watch it in segments. Yeah. And also like just comparing it to the original, mm-hmm. uh, to this remake that the first call comes in. Mm-hmm. And it's stupid. And the way they establish in this remake that the call is creepy is by having everybody comment on how creepy it is. Mm-hmm. No. Just you don't need – no, this is – it's show me, don't tell me. Yeah. Yeah. And what I lo- – just watching it this time, I just love the scene. Like the, he's, he's doing his thing. Like, Let me lick it. Yeah. Let me lick uh, your pretty pink yeah. cunt. And there's just a slow, tight pan of all these little innocent girls. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha. 
also, I would say the fact not all, that not all of them are not all of them are going to be you know, involved in the, what goes on later on. But I'm just going, oh my god, these poor girls, and, and just the fact that there's so many of them who are put in uh-huh. that position, which I think all of us would be, where it's like, oh, I should hang up the phone, but I kind of want to see where this goes, and it's like it's creepy and it's scary and it's. Like the right thing to do in that moment is for them to be like, nope, I'm just going to hang up and it's done. But you're still kind of creeped out and innocent but curious. Well, uh, yeah. they also. Or you want a bar? Oh, you want a Barb to step up to the plate and take care of the situation right. for it. This is what Margot caters. Come on, here you go, Margot. You're from the city. You can handle this. Listen, you pervert. Why don't you go over to Lambacai? They could use a little of this. Oh, why don't you go find a wall socket and stick your tongue in it? That'll give you a charge. I'll stick my tongue up your pretty pussy. You fucking creep. I'm going to kill you. This is also not the first time they've received this call. They make comments about, oh, it's that caller again. The moaner. Yeah, the moaner's on the phone. So, like, at this point, it's happening. I mean, we can guess from the fact that they don't hang up the phone that they he's called enough times that they're like, oh, it's just this fucking creep. And now it's kind of almost like a shared, um, yes. com- you know, joke or something like that among all of them. Which goes back to what Patrick yeah. was saying is that it's it's a family that lives in this house. right? Yeah. They are all sisters and they've, they've gone through this sort of mild shared trauma, which then turns into a bigger trauma. And I just since you mentioned this, uh, I love. It still boggles my mind that Claire, little Claire, played by Lynn Griffin, who's a fabulous character actor who's still working, uh, who you might recognize from Strange Brew. They they were those Canadian ca- comedians from the eighties, right? It's, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, she's also in that movie Curtains. She does lots of character work still today. That she had problems fitting into the sorority, but Andrea Martin didn't. <laughs> uh, God. <laughs> okay. Okay. I get it. Whatever. I love it. Uh, I also love that this guy's a mimic. Yeah. That's so fucking creepy. Like the cat yelling and sometimes it's the cat and sometimes going, that's not the cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not the cat. The fact that he's in there the whole movie and like things are happening and you kind of forget that he's there and then you remember that he's there. And then Uh that adds a whole nother level of, oh my God, he's here the whole time. Up there in the attic with two dead bodies. Uh Uh-huh. And a very happy cat. And a very happy cat. Cat's just like, yeah, yeah, mm mm-hmm. Who's just like, mm, thanks for this, these giant snacks. Appreciate oh, and it. that imagery of Claire in the window is just so horrifying. Oh. It doesn't get less horrifying. Oh, Can awful. we talk about how Over bad the, the police are in this town? Yeah. For the love of fucking well, God. That- <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, Nash is the one who fucks everything up consistently throughout the movie. Consistent. And he's the one who fucks up at the end. Barney Five. Just <laughs> they're like Barney Five. fucking it up. Do I love how much? They, they set up the fellatio joke 25 minutes before it pays off. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. That was really good. Give me the number at the sorority house. What kind of 
please. Yeah, sure. It's uh, Felatio 20880. Felatio. It's a, it's a new exchange, F-E. Mm-hmm. 25 minutes and then even in that scene it's like two minutes before they tell you why everybody's laughing yep you need that much time though because i needed to forget about it for it to come back uh what's the fellatio joke okay so margot kidder when they go to the police station to be like hey claire's missing why isn't anybody taking this shit seriously um she's drunk uh margot kidder and uh-huh. uh, she is annoyed with Nash and his bullshit. So when he asks for their phone number so that he can, like, follow up and whatever, um, she's like, yeah, it's fellatio. What is it? 4-2 or 9-2, whatever the extension 20880. Yeah. <laughs> um, which kills me because I thought in the 70s, I didn't know that they still did operator. But, you know, please ring me. You know, this... This extension, blah, blah, blah. I didn't know. Canada. 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 Okay. Canada. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so she says it's fellatio and he, it just, poop. He does not yep. get it. Does not get the nope. joke at all. Nope. And she's like looking at him, like waiting for him to get the joke. And he does not get it. And so she has to spell it out literally letter by letter. It's F E. And he still doesn't get the joke. Still doesn't get it. <laughs> And he's it's a like, new exchange. She's like, it's a new exchange. You know, F-E-2-0-0-8-1-1. The girl at the sorority house gave it to me. Yeah. She gave it to you. Yeah, she gave me fellatio. Yep. <laughs> and he's like, um, so that's a, like, sort of a joke that you're sort of like, oh, all right. It's like college humor. And yeah. then 25 minutes later, when they have to refer <laughs> to the phone number, one of the police officers just like randomly starts giggling at his desk and then hands the piece of paper over to John Saxon and he looks at it and he starts laughing and then he goes out and says to Nash, is this the correct <laughs> like extension? He's like, yeah, fellatio, blah, blah. And still <laughs> does that get Nothing. 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 <laughs> What's this? Well, that's the number at the sorority house. Fellatio? Yeah, it's a new exchange. F-E. New exchange? Yeah, Felicia. One of the girls that was in this afternoon gave it to me. She gave it to you? Yeah. Nash, I don't think you could pick your nose without written instructions. I also love that. But yeah, he. Yeah, when he gets it, it's still like, oh, I get it. It's a sex thing. Like, I don't know yeah. what it is. <laughs> but I know it's a sex thing. <laughs> I get uh, it. I know. Something dirty, ain't it? <laughs> it's great stuff. And again, something else I love too with Margot Kidder's character, she has this great comedy scene where she's like, Talking about the turtle screwing for three days straight. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Did you know, this is a very little known fact, but did you know that there's a certain species of turtle that there's a certain species of turtle that can screw for three days without stopping? 
You don't believe me, do you? Well, I mean, how could I make something like that up? Uh, Barb, dear. Uh, I, I, I... Uh... No, really, they just three days, 24 hours a day. Can you believe that, three days? I'm lucky if I get three minutes. Do you know how I know this? Because I went down to the zoo and I watched them. It was very boring. Well, actually, um, I uh, didn't stay for the whole three days. I went over and I watched the zebras because they only take 30 seconds. <laughs> Premature ejaculation. <laughs> Yeah, I went to the zebras and they only take 30 seconds. And then you find out why she's been drunk all day. Because she can't go home? No. She's like, y'all blame me. Right? Mm-hmm. You think it's my fault, don't you? Barb, stop it. Don't shit me. That's what you're all thinking. Why don't you just come right out and say it? You think that I drove her away. And if she's dead, you're going to blame me. That's what we're all thinking. Why doesn't someone just come right out and say it? Barb, dear, you've had too much to drink. Mr. Harrison... I don't give a shit about Mr. Harrison. I'm sick and tired of everyone in this house insinuating stuff and not coming out with what they mean. Barb, why don't you go upstairs and lie down for a while? Shut up. And you leave me alone. God damn you. You think it's my fault, don't you? You've been implying it all afternoon. Barb, you're drunk. Go to bed. If Claire's dead, you're all going to blame me. Right. Right. Okay. Right. All of a sudden, it got really funny and then really, really real. Yeah, and I said, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. She's actually concerned, but she can't drop this fucking persona that she has. The tough persona. she drinks. Persona. Yeah. I think she's fabulous in this movie. I wish there was more of her. Yeah, I wish there was more of her. Yeah, but there's just enough to make you want more, and that's a great thing, too. And just the calls. I just I love that you get this guy's backstory through the calls. You get the whole story of Billy and Agnes. Mm-hmm. And mommy and daddy, mm-hmm. and what may or may not have happened. In the remake, the whole movie's about Billy and Agnes and Mommy and Daddy. Yeah, who cares? Nobody cares. Nobody cares about that. Well, I don't understand. Because, like, who are you supposed to be, who are you supposed to root for in that scenario? 
Because in this, it's very clear. We are on the side of the sorority girls. You know? Yes. So. Well, this is a very modern thing. You're supposed to, they were trying to make a franchise. And, you know, let's make the killer cool. Like, so you're really more siding with the killer than the victims. Like I can't even remember who else was in the movie. Or I, I don't remember any of the girls. Andrew Martin comes back. Yeah, she's, so. she plays the house mom. The sorority Ms. mom. Right? Mrs. Mack. Yeah, and dies really lamely. It's like a bunch of those, like, you know, turn of the, like, millennial type twats. Yeah. Like, Michelle Trachtenberg is in it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She was, like, one of those, like, early 2000s twats. Who? Michelle Trachtenberg. Harry exactly. Harry from Nickelodeon. No idea. No? She was Buffy's younger sister on Buffy. Nope. Bite your tongue. Uh, in Six Feet Under, she was the pop star that Keith has to bodyguard and... She winds up having sex with him. Her name is Celeste. Forget it. He's gone. He's gone. We've lost <laughs> Anna's him. Anna's on his phone. He's like, bye. <laughs> Michelle Trachtenberg? Trachtenberg. T-R-A-C-H. Yeah, you'll pro- it'll probably come up the way that... It was yeah. almost worth it to see your head get caved in with an ice skate. Oh, did that happen? Well, everything, every, all the kills have to be incredibly Christmas related. <laughs> oh, her? Yeah, her. Uh. Yeah, exactly. That was a lot of work for absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> And there's a few of those other, like, twats. What I like about this movie, and I, what I like about this movie, going back to what you said about it being restrained, is this does the good thing of allowing your brain to fill in the dots because that is fucking scarier than anything you're going to put on screen. Because we never see the killer, because we never really know who it is, oh, shit, we have to go to our darkest fantasies and fill in those blanks because we don't know yep. the backstories, but we have enough dots in there to kind of get a hazy picture. We rely on our own insecurities to then again fill in the rest of it. And God, that's so much scarier. So much scarier. Like it, what blows mm-hmm. my mind is not like that there are movies like this that happen. It's that why aren't all movies like this? Because this is hard. But it does. But it just seems this is hard. It's hard. You okay? Yes, it is hard. And nowadays, people don't want this. They just want things that jump up a lot. And by the way, I downloaded that game. Which one? Spooky's House of Jump Scares. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> See that? Yeah. Is it fun? It's really fun, right? It is really fun. Yeah. It's really stupid, but really fun. It's really stupid and really fun. But it acknowledges the stupidity of a jump yes. scare, right? Yes. Whereas, like, I, I don't know. It's just sort of like, hasn't everyone fucking seen Jaws? Like, yeah, don't show it. Don't show it until the, if you're going to show it, you have to do it at the absolute last fucking second. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but no, nobody does that. No, no. Because that's hard. It's hard, but it's also so lazy and easy to just give it all away. Whore. <laughs> They're a horse. We're all whores. They're all whores. Did you just say whore? It's true. Yeah. It's true. No, it is Everyone's just giving it away for free. Exactly. And the other reason I was excited to have you guys on this, uh, to do this movie, is because of the last movie we covered together. The Rise of Leslie Vernon? Yes, that'd be the one that his mentor was supposed to be the killer in this. And that was the point that Kristen dug up. (laughs) Filling in the blanks. I can't see this guy, that guy doing it, but hey, whatever. It all works. (laughs) So good. I love Uh that. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, uh, I didn't realize how influential this movie was. This is one of the most genuinely scary bad horror movies that I've seen, but quote unquote bad horror movies that I've seen in a long time. Well, the thing is, I saw this late in the game. I must have been in my 20s when I saw this. It just wasn't available. 
And it was on HBO one night. I was at my parents' house, which, by the way, is a rambling Victorian monstrosity. <laughs> I was at my parents' house alone. Perfect. And I watched it. And I'm thinking, oh, this ought to be stupid. And the, cre- the closing credits are rolling. The blanket is pulled up to my nose. <laughs> yep. The phone's ringing. The phone's ringing. The phone's ringing. I'm like, holy shit. I felt like I got hit by a truck. Speaking of that, um, the director being the same director as A Christmas Story, that shot of the old Victorian house looks exactly like the final shot in A Christmas Story, where they pull uh, back and you see the whole house. Isn't there? Well, that's true. You know, if you look really closely, there's a dead girl in the window of the attic there, too. <laughs> Wouldn't shock me. Indiana. <laughs> so. The main character from A Christmas Story grows up to be the killer. Whoa! Ralphie? Was his name Billy? <laughs> oh, right now. Sorry. It's Ralphie. Although that would uh, be Oh, well. So, uh, that would have been Wasn't too much. there a few like POV shots in A Christmas Story as well? Yeah. Like when he's uh, when they're waiting in line for Santa Claus. Right. Right. Like that. In the scarier shots. That's nothing new, but to actually have the, the POV stand in for your villain the whole movie was yeah. novel. Absolutely incredible. And I, I would There are other to movies that touched on it, but this is the one that really embraced it for the whole movie. Yeah. I also like that they had the moment where, and I actually, this is mild criticism. I wish they were a little bit Get more out. disciplined. <laughs> I wish they were a little bit more disciplined when they switched over to have, again, what the hell is her name? Julia. Olivia Hussey. Thank you. Um, her character's when, name is Jess. When Jess has the, um, the fire poker. Yeah. And so she goes on the offensive and then we switch over yeah. to see her POV shot. And I was like, mm. ooh, I really like this. I really like this. Now, oh. she's the aggressor. She's the one trying to be like in control and trying to hunt him down. And I just kind of wish they stayed more in her POV versus jumping back and forth. I hear that. That's all. I, the thing I love about Jess, too, is that for a horror movie, she is a really together young lady. She yes. sure is. Yes. She knows what she wants, and she's not taking anything else for an answer. Especially from that shitty like, boyfriend. Oh. Yeah, she's like, that well, she has that whole scene where she's like, okay, look, I know right? we have this baby. I'm not marrying you. Remember when we had that conversation and you told me all the things that you wanted to do, and I mentioned the things that I wanted to do? <laughs> yeah. well, I still want to actually do those things. Yeah. Just because you are... You know, priorities have shifted. Doesn't mean that mine have shifted. Just because you and right, your bad she, turtleneck have a terrible when she's audition on the, or whatever. Yeah. Recital. Even when she's on the phone with the cops, she's like, well, I will hold, but just for a moment. <laughs> like, she doesn't want to be on a hold. She doesn't want to do anything. She's not taking shit from anybody. And no. I love that. Yeah. And nobody makes a point of that. It's not a thing. It's not a thing about this character that's like, oh, look at this tough broad. No, she's just a smart together lady. Yeah. That is a Really good, loves her sorority sisters. Yeah, she doesn't come across as being like, oh, I'm this like, you know, uh, you know, like feminist icon. She's just a woman who is has it together. Yeah. She's also she's yeah. also the one who points out that there are two different phone lines yes. in the house. And then fucking Saxon just mansplains all over her and is like, well, the calls aren't going yeah. to the other line. So we're just going to tap the one. Yeah. Good job, yeah. idiot. Yeah. How about you just fucking tap both of them? It does, this guy might have access to a telephone book and might be like, well, let's try the other number just for the hell of it. Yeah, you're right. The cops in this suck. Well, oh, no, it's a college town. I like that, though. <laughs> I like the fact that all of the men in this are fucking garbage because it's, it's 
Perfect. The, the women in this, well, all of them, uh, mostly just her. Mostly just Jess. Well, I, well okay. What were you going to say about the women? From what, you know, from what you can see. I mean, but from, yeah, I, I, say it, say it. No, no, I, no, no. And also just, yeah, exactly. From what we see, we just don't, we don't necessarily. Send hate mail to KYDcast at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. No, We've no, got no. enough with, between that Mary Poppins episode and, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying that like Jess is very much with it. And the opposition to this seems to be mostly dipshit men in power. The only exception being the, uh, there's the one guy with the furry coat. Oh yeah, that's a uh, uh, boyfriend. Claire's boyfriend. Claire's yeah. boyfriend. Chris. Claire's. Yeah, he's not a piece of shit. Yeah, he. I like that that you meet him at a hockey game. Yeah, because it's Canada. Well, and somebody says to me, "He's like that's actually not a hockey game. That's a philosophy class in Canada." I'm like, "Oh, I understand. I'm not sure." <laughs> I also liked that the probably tiny, small Christmas nod to the fact that the town is called Bedford, and like it's a wonderful life is set in Bedford Falls. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't catch that at all. Yeah. Nicely done. Yeah. Well, I, well, that's the other thing I like that that there's really even though it's set at Christmas, his motives have nothing to do with Christmas. No, it's just happening. Yeah, it's just the Christmas. backdrop, and that's why there's like not a lot of people around because a lot of people are home with their families for the holidays and yeah. stuff. And it kind of sets up why yep. Margot Kidder's still there because her mother bails on her to go like on a ski trip or something, and like yeah, like, hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. That also was just yeah. a really you get a little really good job you know, of just, you go down. Like, setting a tone of this can happen to you right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because it's, yeah. it, because it's not directly related to, um, to Christmas or like, mm-hmm. and we also don't know who this psycho killer is. It just ramps up that like, Oh my God, there's just crazies everywhere. Right. And this of course was tying in. I, of course I'm horrible now. I'm a horrible host. This was tying into the actual real life murders what? that had happened at the sorority. Whose oh, name yeah. I forgot? Uh-huh. Oh, oh, oh! Yeah, right, this right, is right, the right. yeah. This this is playing on very real fears. Yes. Of the time that this this not only could happen, it did happen. Yes, it did happen. This These were Ted. Those with, were Ted Bundy. Ted members. Bundy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't Ted. No, it wasn't Ted Bundy. No? Greetings. This is Flem de Gargoyle, Spawn of Hell, Scourge of the Skies, and evidently Patrick's copy editor. <sighs> The serial killer that Patrick is trying to think of is Richard Speck, who murdered eight nurses in their student housing in 1966. Why you listen to this show and not the Flemmy Gargoyle show? Well, clearly I got all the scoop and Patrick is full of poop. Well, what the thing that I read online is that NBC was supposed to give this like its first primetime airing. And because yeah. of the Ted Bundy, like, murdering of two sorority girls, they got a lot of flack and they were like, don't, don't do this. So they pulled the funding for it and it didn't happen. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a sorority. It was a house full of nurses. Oh, I, whew, I know about the nurses murder. That one was real fucked up. Yeah, that that's the one I'm thinking of. That's the one that happened about this time. So that was still very real. Oh, God. Yeah, that one's horrifying. That you could just open the door one day and then everybody's dead. Yeah, yeah. And that's just some anybody. random person that you don't know and doesn't know you, doesn't care who you are. But you're just dead now. Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't discriminate because it took Sweet Claire, it took uh. the house mom who was supposed to be the one protecting everybody, and it took mm-hmm. Margot Kidder, who's the tough city girl who's supposedly streetwise and and funny and all of that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, 
And that's such a, I mean, it's a weird thing to say that a murder scene is gorgeous. Oh, with the glass and the, all of that sort uh-huh. of stuff? It's a wonderfully shot scene. With that and the music, it's operatic. I love that. It, it, it elevates the whole movie to another level. And it's the only kill you see. Yes. Well, I guess you see the, you see the hook. Fly at um, true, true, you're true, at true, the true. Mom, Dad, and you, you see, you I'm see, totally wrong, and you see Claire get smothered. So you yeah, see Claire. Was sorry. Getting, but like that one's pretty brutal. Yeah, that one's yeah. more involved, that, and it's visceral because like when you because you see it, like you see it coming. When you see the unicorn with the really sharp horns, you're like, oh, shit, <laughs> yeah. son. It's like who made that sculpture? Come on, maybe she made it. For murder? Of course she didn't make no, it for murder. Maybe she made honey, it for part of you were, liberal honey, arts degree. You were not alive in the 70s. Everybody had those things. Yeah. Everybody those had a bunch of like, murder glass unicorns. Did, there's a My whole sister play. had them. There's a whole play called The Glass Menagerie, Dan. Look it up. Tennessee Williams. It's a classic. And one of the things no, they talk about is had, the glass My sister had them all. She had an elephant and a, and, a, and a unicorn and a giraffe. She had a whole bunch of them. So this was not unusual for the 70s. That was a typical thing for girls to have that. You used to be able to win them at the boardwalk in New Jersey. I just meant that the unicorn's horn was particularly long and sharp. Um, could also be interpreted as phallic. If uh, uh-huh. you know. I wasn't necessarily going to go there. But I mean, if that's... This... I'm going with that... Um, Barb made these in a class that she had to take as part of a... Yes, in her um, glass-blowing class. Her glass-blowing uh-huh. class that she had to take as part of her liberal arts degree. Um, sure. So uh-huh. she had to take a 20th century crafting class. Um, she dropped out because ro- she thought it was another kind of blowing. Exactly. She thought it was an ass-blowing class. She didn't... It was, it was a blot on that. I got nothing. I the nothing. G and the L got rubbed out. <laughs> rubbed yeah. out. I'm rubbing um, one out now. What? No, I'm not. That's terrible. So, okay. So, uh, so maybe she made it as a, you know, like as a symbol. Speaking of ass blowing in art. Whoa. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm listening. I thought you might be. <laughs> Would I be wrong Sc- in saying. Screeching that, halt. Yes. <laughs> who was the first one that got murdered? Claire. 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 Was there a painting of a flower above her bed where in the center. With an anus the- in the middle? <laughs> it was it was a butthole, right? It's not supposed to be, but it is a butthole. It definitely looks like a butthole. It's totally a butthole. Thank you. Yeah, Dan insisted it was a butthole, and I was like, I'm pretty sure it's not a butthole. Dude. <laughs> no, you said ask Patrick. He'll definitely know. And I did say ask Patrick. And he, he will did. definitely know. And I knew immediately what you were talking about before you got there. The Thank butthole you. flower. The butthole but you've never flower. you've never sniffed you've never sniffed a butthole flower. I mean, only one. Oh, that requires going outside in nature. <laughs> no, but we've and all, some people hate nature. We've all definitely smelled those cum trees, though. Oh, gross! You know what I'm talking gross. about, right? Cum trees, gross. yeah, like those. Ging- they're like ginkgo biloba trees. Oh, shit berries! Yeah, the shit berries. Yeah. Like, but like when they're flowering, it smells like that weird sort of Cloroxy kind of. Oh, I've never noticed that. I just noticed that the well, berries always smell like shit when they fall on the ground. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Ginkgo biloba trees. I don't. I didn't know they're worth such things. Oh, God. Yeah, they're really gross. I mean, I guess they've, I've never been in the presence of a ginkgo biloba tree. You know what I'm talking about, though, right? You've smelled it, like, in the springtime. The cum trees? I don't know. What? I know I'm not alone out there. I'm putting it out there to all of your listeners to be like, if you've smelled the cum trees, I want you to get <laughs> at Patrick and tell them that you've smelled no, cum No, please trees. write in to kydcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Do not bother me with your cum tree stories. <laughs> Send us your How do, wow. 
Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so much great stuff in this movie. It's hard to pick it all out. I just, I just love this movie. It still scares me. Yeah. Thinking about it is, it's kind of, it's kind of been with me all day, particularly this, particularly the screaming bit where he's screaming in that one scene. It scared the shit out uh, of me. Oh, this, co- this copy that you have, which is the, the latest one, is missing two things that I love that are on my VHS copy. Oh. Tiny little things. Okay. Tiny little things. When um, Phil is going in to check on Barb before she goes to bed for the night, mm-hmm. after Barb has been killed, and she's standing in the door, and she's like, Barb, are you awake? And the door slams. You know that part? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. In my print, before the door slammed, you heard, Agnes. <gasps> oh, and then the door slammed. shit. That's mis- and then there was a long pan away from the door. Just silence. See? And it just lets you picture what was going on behind that door. Yeah. Oh, that's creepy. I would have loved to have had that. Yeah. Room. Yeah, that was another scream moment, and that doesn't really happen in this copy. I don't think it's as effective without it, but it's all right. Also, talking about your use of ambient sound, if it's like, I'm, I'm a very big fan of when people use silence for yes. effect yes. in a movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because again, like what Dan was saying, because whatever you're picturing happening to Phil behind that door is so much worse than what any writer could have written. Yeah, and and with silence too. I mean, this actually, weirdly, Margot Kidder, right? Tie back to Superman. Uh Uh-huh. Right? The the idea of using silence is so uncomfortable. Like just having to wait and have silence exist in our normal day-to-day lives to just be in the presence of another person and not say anything is really mm-hmm. fucking hard. One of the guys that mm-hmm. I, uh, I teach with, uh, a friend of mine, Doug, he talks about how he specifically will, um, in design courses when they're doing critiques, he'll ask, like, you know, you know for the class to, to comment on something. And he'll wait for 90 seconds. If no one responds after 90 seconds, then he will jump in. But 90 seconds, I'm like, God, that is horrifying. It's so long. So what you do is you just like whip it out and start jerking it. (laughs) 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 That'll get him talking. That was horrible. What a terrible thing to say. Yes. Oh, God. But he's just like, he's Mm. like, it's very hard to do that at a certain point. Like, it's, it's hard for me to wait 90 seconds in order to give people the opportunity to fill the space. Because they will, because, oh my God, silence oh, for that water is forever. Especially these in modern days when we have constant entertainment yes. at all times at our fingertips. Yes. I'm never walking around without my headphones listening to something. Exactly. Actually, and Patrick, that's another thing I was going to say about this movie is what I like about watching these older horror movies that you send us are mm-hmm. the fact that they are, for the most part, the budgets are modest to low. And uh-huh. so they're working, they're, they're maximizing the impact from uh, a very small budget or a very small set of resources. And what they're able to do yeah. is not waste time, especially back then, uh, with a thousand little cuts. They let uh, shots last longer than normal, like modern movies would, yeah. where you can just click a button and it's a cut. You actually have to physically cut the, you know, 
cut the reel and stitch the whole thing together. Get the tape, yeah. Right? And I was thinking about that specifically in the scene in the rehearsal room when Jess is confronting the shitty boyfriend and the turtleneck. Yeah. And they had that long distance shot where she's walking away from the piano and she stops and talks to him and she's very much in the foreground and he's very much in the background. And because it's such a wide angle shot, he's pushed so far back and she's pulled so far forward. It's a beautiful shot and it's really Mm -hmm. stressful. Yep. And it tells you everything about the relationship at that point too. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because I remember reading somewhere like I had a film teacher who was like every shot in a movie, if you pull a still, should tell you a story. That's a good one. Yes. That's like your, that's and that's a good one. Like you can look at that and you can understand the relationship right there. Like, oh, she's leaving him. One of the things that if you've never seen this, there's a really good YouTube show, which no longer exists anymore, uh, called Every Fight. Don't tell me it's the Red and Green Show because I'm going to kick your ass. Oh, my God. I love the Red Green Show, but that's not what I'm talking about. Can I tell you, I Googled it once and like YouTube bombards me with Red and Green Show shit constantly now. So. Okay, I grew up <laughs> I have not watched it. The Red Green Show on PBS when I was a kid. We used to watch that all the time. I love the Red Green Show. I have no idea well, what you're talking about. It was about. a Canadian. Oh, believe me. It's all over my YouTube. It's all YouTube wants me to watch. Well, Please watch it. Watch, 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 watch it now, Patrick. Why don't you watch it now? I don't know. I won't watch it. Oh. I'm afraid to watch it at this point. I won't give it. I won't give it to the algorithm. Oh, it's it's super fun. It's charming. Keep your stick on the ice. It's so good. I'll watch it with you. Okay. Okay. You can show it to me. Anyway, no, so it's not that. Um, it's a YouTube show called um, Every frame of painting. It's by an editor called Tony Zhao, or named Tony Zhao. Mm-hmm. And he talks about that exactly what you're saying, that like every shot should tell a story. And he does a very good job of talking about the way that cuts work in order to add that extra layer of depth to a story. And you mm-hmm. know, talks a lot about how extra cuts are a waste because they're they're just there to be there. They're not there to actually inform the story in any way or character. Right. Right. And he'll like focus on specific directors and specific yes. pieces to yes. be so, like, yeah. So he'll do check like, out that how this cool. person uses this and this and blah, and so on and so forth. Including, um, what's his goofy name from, uh, the, uh, the rock and, um, what's his goofy name? Transformers. What? Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Whatever. I just can't remember. So (laughs) he just blows shit up. Well, so what he talks about. If you can't make a cut, blow something up. Well, so what he talks about is that Mike, he's like, look, you may think that Michael Bay fucking sucks and is a dull director, but there's a reason why he is good at what he does. And he talks about how, um, even in the action sequences, he does this really good thing where maybe there's a fight sequence in the, two people or monsters or whatever they are fighting are spinning counterclockwise. Well, he'll have the camera go counterclockwise and he'll always make sure that there's something in the background so that there's all of this swirling movement using three dimensions of axes in order to, you know, just show all of this turbulence. And he compares it against battleship, which is a movie that tried to do similar things. Again, trash movie. But Rihanna, like, the actress. Yes. Uh-huh. He's like, look at all, look at how someone is trying to do a Michael Bay and they don't know how to do it properly. That makes sense. Yeah. It, so, so Dan has a boner right now. Everyone should know that. Yeah. Well, so I mean, pretty solid, much always. A solid three and a half inches. <laughs> so, yeah. So the remake that they're doing now, they're promising a cast of kick-ass girls. I'm saying that's not the answer either. Oh, no. No. 
Because one of the things I like, I always like this. There's a, was it you? Might be. It was you. Um, it was you who I made watch Mute Witness, Chris. Yes, yes it's so great. good. Yeah. yeah, because you have girl, women characters who yes. are, for Correct. the most yes. part, unextraordinary. Yeah. They don't need. Yet them. able to handle themselves in extraordinary situations without being Rambo. They're not Rambo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the that's the dangerous narrative that you're furthering by by being like every woman in this is you know has to be like a, a badass woman or something like that. She could just be a woman and yeah. and still be competent, like you like you're saying about Jess. Thank you. Which, if anything, makes yeah. it seem more uh, more relatable and powerful than having than having to say that only a superheroine can actually save themselves. Right, because men are just allowed to Thank be you. men in a movie. Right. They could just yep. be regular ass men and yep. still survive and still be okay. But like the women can't just be regular women. They have to be like former black ops. They have to like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. have yeah. some kind of superpower or like, you know, like that kind of shit. They can just be a fucking woman. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. We, but we can't allow that because then women will have ideas. <laughs> I don't know. It's stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid, stupid things that it's amazing. It's, 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 it's I'm. The other movie I picked for you that I switched from the last minute, Starry Eyes, mm-hmm. I still want to cover with you someday, but it was too dark okay. for Halloween, okay. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, I get you. Because when I watched it, I watched it just before I switched it. Before, uh, and I said, mm, this taps so much into the Me Too thing in Hollywood right now. Uh, okay. Mm, okay. I watched it through Kristen's eyes. <gasps> yes. And I was like, this is, this is worth watching, but not for Halloween. Okay. Fair enough. Because it's all about like what, how ambitious are you? What will you do to become a star? And what exactly is a star? Have you ever watched? Um, oh, fuck! What's the anime? Blue. Is it blue? No, already no. Just no. I've never watched an anime in my life. Oh. Really? It's, no. What is it? Blue. blue fuck. It's not Blue Crush. Blue Crush is the surfing movie. <laughs> I was gonna say, it's which not is blue velvet. the best movie to ever clean your house to. I cleaned my house with Blue yep. Crush one day, and I was like, "This is great." Clean the wait, wait, clean, clean the hot. And it means nothing to me. No. <laughs> <laughs> you you should well, see I don't know. this movie because it's it is um, very good. Uh, whatever it is, the movie that you can't right. think of the name of. <laughs> it is Perfect Blue. Perfect Blue. Okay. So Perfect Blue is the, I wouldn't say the source material. So, no, uh, it's the inspire. A lot of a lot of the shots and uh, the story of it inspired Black Swan. Yes. But, oh, but is mm-hmm. the idea of being a J-pop idol, and what, it, and then having a stalker want to, you know, be you, take your body, blah 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 blah, and her trying to become a, still a person, but also have this J-pop idol persona, and it's. It, I don't want to give anything away. It's incredible, and it is a. It's okay. I'm never going to watch it. But you should. <laughs> oh no, Patrick! Patrick, I have so I have good. zero I have zero talents for anime. I've tried. I tried. I tried to watch Howl's Moving Castle. Whatever it is, I just it does nothing for me. Uh, the style leaves me cold. I've tried. Okay. Well, I've for, tried for all. Well, of now you, that now that now that everybody hates me, you listeners out there, anyone would like to check it out. It's called Perfect Blue. Perfect Blue. It's fantastic. Perfect it's Blue. Super oh. scary. Okay, cool. Well, I think we've done Black Christmas, kids. I think we have. Yeah, this was really fun. Yeah. Um, I'm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, 
this is my this is all my other thing. I'm like, how 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 will this go? And how will Dan like this? Will Dan because Dan will be the one who'll rip my face off if he doesn't like it. Well, do you want me to rip rip it apart a little bit? Go right ahead, please. I would say that the pacing click of- and. <laughs> The, the pacing, no, seriously, go. The pacing of it in, like, I don't know. Not, in, like, the fir- at least the first part of the movie yeah. is a bit... 1974, it's a different it's time. It's just a little yeah. slow. Yeah. Um, it's of a different time, and you can't fault certain things for that. Exactly. Yeah, but, no. And, and but, I mean, also, the length of the movie is... It's not long. Not long at all. It's only, like, an hour and 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Which but, I think is actually pretty mm-hmm. good. For a film, yeah, I but it's it's got a, it's got its own deliberate pace, and it never really picks up either. It's just this slow, which either you, you got to dive into or you're not. I don't mind it. I grew up in those movies and with those movies, so that pacing never bothers me. Uh, the pacing in the second half, I thought was pretty much perfect. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. It was great. Yeah. Once. Do you know how many people? Sorry, now I'm back again. Do you know how many people will swear they saw the dead girl in the park? They swear they saw the dead girl. Yeah, people will swear they saw the dead girl in the park. How? How? You know how it is. Sometimes people will insist that you know they, they get so into a scene that they've actually created it in their mind. Ah. Well, see, masterful filmmaking. Yep. But anyway, that wraps it up. Okay, where can people find out more about killing your darlings and where to listen to you and what's coming up next? Well, actually, don't bother with that because it'll be months from now. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, we don't know. Scratch that. Like, <laughs> no, I don't. Okay, and do you have stuff coming up? You know, like in your lives, like performing and stuff. Oh, gosh, no, I actually just did a bunch of stuff, um, unfortunately, uh, and I don't have anything coming up anytime soon, but, uh, right. but yeah, no, well, I, we, we just really, we release an episode once a month now. Um, we used to do it once a week, yeah. but once a month is a bit more manageable now for us since we sure. have kind of been busy doing, um, other stuff and I've been away doing other things. Shows. This is, a, this is podcasting takes a huge amount of time. It People don't realize that. So really does. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I mean, the the show was once a month. You can catch us on, uh, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter. We're at KYDcast on all platforms, right? Yeah, we're on uh, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. Killing your darlings, you'll find us. Well, you can find us. And maybe some we can get us mixed up with killing your dar kill your darling. Kill your there's darling. A, yeah, there's a there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot of similar name podcasts, which is a huge pain in the ass. But you know, maybe someday you'll have me on to do Freaky Friday. Yeah. Oh, do you want to do Freaky Friday, the original? I've been talking about that for years, Kristen. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> yes, I do. Let's okay, do it. fantastic. That'll be tons of fun. Yay! Yeah. All right. So thank you very much for joining me, and most of all, thank you for helping out again with the countdown to Halloween Potathon. Thank you for doing something to help these kids at New Alternatives. You know how much this means to me. This isn't just like something I do. I mean, I, I make this hurt for a reason. Yeah. You know, I you know I could just set up a donation link and leave it at that. But no, I just want to go the extra mile. And thank you for taking that step with me. Happy to help. Anytime. Getting misty, getting misty. <laughs> but, but no, it means a lot to me. And most of all, above all else. Happy Halloween. So that is going to wrap up the guest portion of episode 275. My thanks once again to Kristen and Dan from Killing Your Darlings. 
Oh, God, I adore these two so much. Kristen and Dan, when they walk into a room in real life, they just light it up. And every time they're on the show, they just light up my heart. It's always just a delight to have them on and they're a joy to edit. And it's just, so, I just love them to pieces. And if you like what you heard, go check out the show, Killing Your Darlings. It's nostalgia with just a, just a session of snark. Just a little teeny tiny bit of snark. And I love them for it. And I love them also because they come back year after year after year to help out with new alternatives. So they're extra super special. And I hug them and I kiss them and I call them George individually and separately. I, Which is the same thing I just said. Okay, shut up, Patrick. No, I will not shut up. No, because we're not done here. We're not done here. I also have to thank everybody at Squadcast. Now, this episode was recorded with Squadcast. Now, you remember that the episode previous to this, Cube with Michael Howie and Christopher Gronland, was not recorded with Squadcast. So you might have noticed, hey, there isn't that weird stuttering thing that goes on. There isn't this weird dropout. There isn't this weird inconsistency in the levels and tones and things like that. Yeah, thanks, Squadcast. Yeah, no fiddling at all. Did I have to do with this audio file whatsoever? None. Just edit it. That's all I needed to do. No fancy down, fan, fancy tricks and and electronic hoo-ha that I have to lay on top of this to make it sound better. It already sounded better. So you say, wait a minute. Well, well sometimes your guests on the Squadcast, they sound like they're far away. Well, that's their microphones, unfortunately. I can only be, uh, the Squadcast can only do their magic with what they're given. So yeah, I got the best sound I could possibly get out of these particular microphones at this time. And that's thanks to Squadcast. And if you are a podcaster who is tired of fiddling around with less than acceptable sound, Please check out Squadcast. Use the link down there and get a free trial on me. Yes, and also thank you to everybody at Captivate FM. Captivate FM is my podcast host. They've been making everything so super easy that it's a joy to work with, and I can't believe how easy podcasting has become since I switched over to them. It's nine years of nonsense with my other company. Gone. Thanks to a team of people who know what they're doing and are easy to communicate with and are always happy to help out when you've got a question or a problem, which I always do. And it's always this really simple solution that I didn't see because I'm used to working with nonsense. Captivate FM. Again, get a free trial. Use that link in the show notes. Yes. And please don't forget why we're doing this. We're doing this to help queer kids in need, queer kids who are living on the street, queer kids who are trying to get their lives back together. Like all those kids that you talk, that we were talking to earlier, you heard without you, that girl is going to still be eating out of garbage cans. Without you, that guy might have to go back to prostitution. Without your help, they're still begging on the train to get their school supplies. That's not okay. There's no future in that. I mean, the odds of a queer person, of a queer teenager, ever getting out of homelessness is very, very low. Once you're there, you're often trapped because you don't have the education that you need. You don't have the resources that you need. You don't have anything that you need. But with new alternatives, they have a chance. A chance to turn their lives around, but they can't do it without you. So please, go to bit.ly slash sqpod, na, Scream Queens podcast, new alternatives, or bit.ly slash sqpod, fb, Scream Queens podcast, Facebook, and donate. I kept saying in the intro section that New Alternatives is a small miracle. Well, you know what? It's the season of miracles now, ain't it? It's after Thanksgiving. It's officially the holiday season. It's the season of miracles. You can help make a miracle. I know it sounds corny, but you know what? It's the truth. It's the truth. So please donate. bit.ly slash sqpodna. bit.ly slash sqpodfb. The links are in the show notes. There are no excuses.
We're two weeks into this now. There are four weeks left to go. Let's all dig a little deeper than we're comfortable with and make some actual miracles happen for some kids who actually need one. Okay? Thank you. So next time, I'm going to have my first guests from Australia. Yes, we're going to Australia, and I'm going to be joined by the Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know podcast kids, which means we're doing another musical. Yeah. See, I had planned this initially that that, that, that they were my first choice because I wanted to do something musical, and then Michael K. Loon became available, so we're doing two musicals. So just suck it out. And the movie that we're doing is the 1981 movie The Fan starring Lauren Bacall. And hopefully a lot of you are still tripping on your on your turkey trip to fans. <laughs> Try to watch the movie and think that you're hallucinating, but trust me, you're not. You're not. That movie's actually happening. It's actually happening. I think a Blu-ray just came out of it. So yeah, tr- check that out. Check that out. Find it if you can. The Fan 1981. So until Monday, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, please continue to make the world a creepier place, but a little less creepy for some queer homeless kids, because they don't need any more creepy in their lives, for Christ's sakes. They really don't. They need a whole lot less creepy, but you can do that, too. And never, ever forget the Scream Queen's golden rule. Fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it to the final real baby. And go kick ass on Black Friday sales. And donate your savings. Okay, bye. <laughs> The music for tonight's show, unless otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Bitches! <laughs> Ew.